0: And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Lee Randall on the line, and he's the managing partner over at Top Partners. Lee, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Adam. Nice to meet you and talk to you here today.
0: So I'm excited to get more into what you're doing over at Top Spin Partners, but before we do that, let's get a little bit more into your background. So how did you get started in business and in your career?
1: Yeah, um, well, you know, it sort of started back when I was a kid. Um had a family uh, a grandfather, actually, who was a big entrepreneur and businessman and uh, sort of grew up emulating him. And uh Kept that interest in business um, really throughout my early career. I started in the law, which was a mistake. I think I watched too much L.A. Law when I was growing up, and I'm, bet- I'm betraying my age here <laughs> by even mentioning such a show. But uh, you know, I, I ultimately got out of the law and moved into business. Um, worked at a consulting firm called McKinsey, and then from there, I had two operating jobs. One in a uh, game developer, actually the first developer of sports fantasy games online. So, which is today it's a huge business. Back then it was uh, nascent and fledgling, uh, but had a great experience there. We sold that business, and um, I was really ahead of the business side of the business there as opposed to the technology and operations side. And then from there I uh, took another operating role. I did a, um, a private equity backed roll up of, uh, of day spas. So, I totally switched gears in terms of industry and uh, went around getting to know spa owners. Uh, all over the country. Um, my wife uh, used to like to brag about my, my knowledge of day spas all over the U.S. <laughs> um, and, you know, ultimately from there, wound my way into private equity and top spend. Um, so I had sort of a very windy road to my ultimate career, but it really gave me a broad base of experience, you know, in law, in business operations, in, you know, Acquiring small businesses. Um, it sort of set me up very nicely for the career
0: I'm in today. Wow, that's awesome. I, what I love about your background is that um, you, you come at it from many, many different angles. So, meaning you obviously had the law side of things, which I know helped you in your operating roles and now helps you in your private equity um, um, niche. Um, but you also were an operator and, you, you know, op, um, worked through, grew, and sold businesses. Uh, so it makes you really well-rounded from every different angle um, of, of that cycle. So there's some, you know, there's some younger people listening also that are maybe they're just graduating college or they're just going into that and getting into that first career. Obviously, with hindsight being 2020, what kind of advice would you give to that new college grad kind of on pursuing their career path?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're going to hear this at their graduation speeches, um, and it really is true, although it's much easier said than done. But I will say it anyway, which is take take risks early on. You know, don't feel like you have to rack up names on your resume um, early on in your career. Um, don't feel like you have to stay on a certain path because everybody else is taking it. The best time to explore and figure out what it is you want to do is Right when you're out of college and you have no family yet, or maybe most people don't, um, and you have sort of the freedom and flexibility to explore. Um, I ended up doing that. It wasn't planned at the time, but I'm thankful I did because um, I don't know that I'd be in the same spot today if I hadn't taken a few risks along the way um, and done some things that made you know maybe pe- made people scratch their heads a little bit at the time and said. Mm-hmm. You know, why would you give up a great job at a place like McKinsey and Company to go work for a startup? But it was, it was absolutely the right decision, um, and uh, you know, made me a better professional. So I think that's 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 what I'd tell folks.
0: Yeah, that's uh, and 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 it, I, I I'm glad you brought that back up. Yeah, to leave that role and with your background to then go to a startup—that's not a popular thing. I would argue among your friends that back then when you did it. Now it's a thing, but going to go work for a startup wasn't a thing back then, especially as you transition to gaming. Now it's like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now it's this huge multi-billion dollar industry that dwarfs many others that were more uh, conventional back then. But, yeah, that's you did take the risk, um, and, and it shows also. <laughs> so I'm glad yeah. you brought that back up. <laughs>
1: Yeah. No. Thanks. It's a great question, and uh, that's what I tell my kids, and that's what I tell your listeners. Um, if they can, they have the freedom of do, taking risks. You know, some people don't have that financial freedom, and yeah, I understand that. But if you do have it, um, or could, you know, eat some ramen noodles for a year or two while you take them, <laughs> it, it'll serve you well. Uh, it'll serve you well long term. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Oh, yeah. I think that's a great transition. Let's get into Top Spin Partners. So first, uh, tell me a little bit more about the business, please.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we're um, we're a private equity firm, um, and we focus on businesses that are consumer-facing, so consumer products businesses, consumer services. Uh, but what's interesting about what we do is we focus on below-the-radar companies in terms of size. We're, we operate what we call the lower middle market. Um, so our companies, they're not venture companies. So you know they're profitable. They're you know, they have real revenue and they're growing, but they're still Pretty small by private equity standards, you know some sometimes as small as you know two or three or four million a profit, you know, but generally always below ten and um, because of that, you know we sit in a really interesting position because a lot of the businesses we invest in um, are family owned businesses with really promising up and coming brands, um, but they're looking for a a partner to help them take what they have, which is the beginnings of something pretty special, and, you know, build a little bit more infrastructure around it, um, some some capabilities that might be missing, helping them build that out, some obviously financial support as you do all of that, and really uh, take advantage of the opportunity that lies in front of that brand or, you know, set of products or services. And in doing that, you know, if you can put that infrastructure and bring some big company best practices down to these up and coming brands, you end up not just growing the company um, top line and bottom line, but you also really increase its value um, to other potential acquirers down the road because what they're seeing now when you're when you're done with that work is a much more complete business you know uh, with a whole infrastructure around it, so that's really we're sort of that bridge between up and coming family owned businesses that have a lot of promise pretty unique and special to a more fully formed business which, you know, is going to be very, very attractive to much bigger companies um, uh, and bigger private equity funds that might acquire them.
0: So I know this is gonna I know the answer to this question is going to vary from company to company and obviously niche to niche. Um, and and depending on the history of the company, obviously. But I do know that in that market that you're working in um, and that you're investing in, that certain themes do arise. So the more companies you work with, you see certain best practices, certain as you as you said to use your words, big company practices bringing them down to a smaller company. Um, so what are some of those common themes? Because if somebody's you know driving in their car right now or listening to this, and they kind of fall in that in that. in that that niche, if you will? I don't know that people always know they fall in that niche because they have a profitable business. They're doing certain things. They don't even know what that possibility is for this other, I I should say, level or level of growth, however we want to word it. What are some of the themes that you find are kind of missing there that you see as you bring on new clients?
1: Yeah, I mean, it it does vary quite a bit, but I'll give a few examples. Um, One could be that uh, you have a, a consumer products business that is strong in brick and mortar retail, but hasn't yet figured out how to maximize selling online. Whether it's direct to the consumer online or through Amazon and you know other third-party sites, um, they're very different businesses doing those two things. Selling you know your product to CVS or to Target or one of those retailers versus selling it through Amazon, it's a, it, it really is a totally different business, and so. A lot of the things we see are companies that have done one or the other well and are looking to maximize the channel they're not in. Um, and that's an area where we can bring a lot of expertise. Um, a lot of companies, you know, uh are doing quite well but haven't maybe maximized their potential because they're not deeply analyzing the data that they get. And, you know, we hear this a lot. It's not that the owners of the business don't realize they have the data and don't even and, and it's, not, it's not as though they don't think about analyzing it's they don't have the resources they haven't done it before and so when we come in you know we work with them to get behind it and then you see all sorts of opportunities in that data um which you might not otherwise and I if you want I can give you one quick example of that
0: no, actually, please. These these are really spot on, and I and what and it just the light bulb went off in my head because it's like it makes perfect sense, and it's not easy to do that your own because it's literally like starting another business. You've been very successful, brick and mortar or otherwise, and now you're thinking to go on the other channel. It's a whole new business. Um, but please give that example.
1: Yeah, happy to. Um, you know, we have We have a gym business, um, and uh, that gym business, you know, doing quite well. Uh, but we did a lot of analysis around the memberships in that gym business. One thing, you know, you guys may or may not know about the gym business is there's quite a bit of turnover in the membership, you know, we call it attrition in the industry. and um, Obviously, it's much more expensive to acquire a new member than it is to just retain your existing members, so you really want to drive attrition dra- down if you can uh, in, in, in the gym industry. And um, So we sort of lo- started looking at our uh, our data, and we saw something really interesting, which is that there was a particular point in time when the, most of, the, when a huge pro- proportion of the members were attriting. Um, it was about 12 to 13 months into their membership, um, and you know, in seeing that, we realized there was an opportunity. Now, we were obviously doing a lot of things to, to reduce attrition, like you know, make the experience better for the member and all that, but. There was also a technical change we could make. We could create an incentive for people to not attrit at that point in time. So, we, so what we did was we said, look, if you stay a year, um, we're going to reduce your rate, uh, you know, because you're a loyal member. Um, but you have to stay a year, and then we reduce it. And if you attrit or I guess give up your membership later on, um, you know, you can sign back up, but you're not going to get that rate. Again, you've got to stay a continuous number, and if you do, you know, at certain points in time, you're going to be getting price breaks, essentially. Um, and, you know, this this decision was made, you know, based on the data analysis we had done. It's a very simple change, but if you didn't look at the data, you wouldn't think of doing it. And uh, it's had a tremendous impact on our attrition. Um, you know, it's it, it really worked, and um, again, you know, like little insights like that really can can move the needle for businesses. So... There's all sorts of things that folks, um, you know, you can have a great business, but there's a ton of value in making, you know, professionalizing product development cycles, uh, bringing in technology and analysis, uh, bringing in sophisticated marketing techniques digitally, uh, maximizing e-commerce, a whole host of things you can be doing in the consumer world today to, to grow your business that we like to bring to the table.
0: That's awesome. Uh, so, Lee, uh, if somebody's listening to this, and I appreciate those examples and that insight, if somebody's listening to this and they want to learn more about Top Spin Partners, uh, what's the best way for them to look up that info?
1: Yeah, you can go to our website, uh, topspinpartners.com. In fact, we're launching a new one here in a, in a week or two, so <laughs> that'll that'll be good for you to go to. And um, on that website, there's a contact us page where you can send us you know, an email uh, and reach out. and That goes to all of us here, and uh, we're always very responsive. Um, A lot of the opportunities we work on are things we have in the works for a long time as we get to know people more and more. So even if it's not right for us now, we love to get to know folks in and around the consumer world who want to talk to us.
0: Fantastic. Well, Haley, really appreciate you uh, coming on the show today and sharing more about your background and all the great work you're doing over at Top Spin Partners. And to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, Lee, thanks again for coming on the show
1: i